How you doing, everyone? My name is Mike, and I'm the online campus pastor here at The Rock Church. I'm so excited to be with you all today. I want to start out by telling you to click that share button. If you're on Facebook, share. If you're on YouTube, share it. If you're on the online platform, we're going to put the share button up for you so you can just get it out to your friends and family because I feel like this word is going to hopefully bless them so much. We've been talking about legacy for the past couple weeks. Um, Two weeks ago, we heard from Michael Jr. And last week, we heard a word from Pastor Miles about how we leave a legacy. Um, There's many people who've left these amazing legacies on earth. Like I think of someone like Steve Jobs, right? I'm like an iPhone person. I love using my iPhone, my iPad, my, my, my laptop. But I want to talk about how we could leave a legacy that's actually going to last an eternity. It's going to last forever. And actually, I'm going to be talking to you about a really cool way that me and my family are partnering with The Rock Church to leave a legacy. It's some, some big news, but I'm going to make you wait just a couple minutes to find out. So let's go ahead and jump into Hebrews chapter 11. Um, Hebrews 11 is an amazing book of the Bible. It's a great passage of scripture. Go ahead and read it if you've never read it before. It'll take you like four minutes and you're going to be so blessed by it. Um, but go ahead and turn there right now and let's pray and we're going to get right into it. Father God, thank you so much for your word that is true, your word that we can rely on, Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that is eternal. So God, we can actually speak about things that last longer than a decade, last longer than a century, God. But we're going to talk about how we could leave legacies that last an eternity that glorify you. God, we love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. All right, so we're talking about faith right now. I know I just said we're going to talk about legacy and now we're talking about faith. But one thing that I'm going to be saying a lot during this message is that it takes faith to leave a legacy. It actually takes faith to leave a legacy. Now, if you know about Cain and Abel, you have these brothers. They were, they were Adam and Eve's sons. So you can imagine at this point, there's maybe four people on the planet, maybe more. But we know that there were at least the two, the two boys that were alive. And one of them worked the field and one of them take care of the sheep. And Abel gives his sacrifice to God and God receives it. It's a sacrifice of the lambs, right? And then you have Cain who gives a sacrifice of the ground and God rejects it. And the Lord receives Abel's sacrifice because it was a sacrifice that was given by faith. And you remember Cain is like really angry about it. And he's like, I'm really unhappy. God took my brother's sacrifice. So he kills Abel. Like, wow, that escalated quickly, right? Like you probably could have just said, like, maybe I'll just try a different sacrifice. But instead he killed his brother. But that's really not what this passage is about. This passage is about Abel and how he gave an offering to the Lord that was by faith and it was received by God, right? So when you think about someone like Steve Jobs, I mentioned earlier, his legacy is so cool. It's, I mean, it's, it's like I said, we're using these iPhones and, you know, maybe he's made the world a better place. That's debatable. I really don't know if the iPhone has made the world a better place, but he's, his legacy is lasting for a while. But how do you leave a legacy that's going to be eternal? It's actually going to last forever. So I want to go ahead and jump into our first point. Write this down. In God's kingdom, legacies are eternal. God is eternal. So when we do something for God, 
We're leaving a legacy that's actually going to last forever. It's not something that's temporary. It's going to go on and on and on, right? A legacy is literally like by definition, something that you're leaving behind. So once you, once you die, we're all going to die. We're going to leave something behind to our children, to the next generation. So think about what that, what that normally means is that normally means money. So if we're on mission to leave a legacy, let's, let's make as much money as we possibly can and try to hand it down to our children. Some of us are maybe going to hand down $10,000 and our kids are going to split it. Some will hand down 100000 Some are handing down debt, right? I mean, maybe your kids are going to split your debt four ways. I don't know. But how long, even a million dollars, how long will that last if your children split it and then go try to buy a house in San Diego of all places, right? It's not going to last very long. It's better if we invest our time, invest our effort, invest our finances in something that's going to last forever, the same way that Abel invested in something that was going to last forever by giving a sacrifice to the Lord. So we're going to just keep kind of going through Hebrews 11 because it's this hall of faith. And it's talking about all these amazing prophets and men and women of God who left these great legacies by faith. And the next one we're going to talk about is a man named Enoch. So go ahead and jump into verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So here we we have an amazing verse and we also are hearing about this man named Enoch. Enoch is from Genesis chapter five. Go ahead and check it out. Genesis five, it goes through this genealogy. And it's interesting because it's talking about all these men who lived like Lamech. He lived 600 years. He had children and then he lived another 300 years and then he died. And then his child lived a certain amount of years and then died. But then with Enoch, something strange happened. It says he lived a certain amount of years. He walked with God and then he was not. He just never died. He literally was just taken up. And he had this testimony that he pleased God, right? We were created for God's good pleasure. Like that's actually why we are here on this planet. So Enoch pleased God to such a degree that God said, your time is up. You finished your job. It's finished, right? Same way Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished. Jesus did exactly what he came to do. I think Enoch came and actually just finished whatever his purpose was that God created him for and then took him up. But here it talks about how do we please God? We please God by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if your desire is to please God and you're trying to work and trying to build something and trying to do something apart from faith, you're never going to please God with it. You have to actually live and act and walk by faith. Right? You cannot leave a legacy for God's kingdom without faith. So here's the big news. You ready for it? I'm going to drop it right now. So I started attending The Rock back in 2004 and I was just a knucklehead high school kid, right? I didn't believe in Jesus. I was, I was just kind of all over the place. And my girlfriend, who was just like absolutely beautiful, invited me to church. And I said, man, I got this really pretty girlfriend and she's going to this church. So I guess I'll go to church, right? I mean, like I, I, got, I got totally had, right? Uh, she, had a, she had a vision in mind, a mission in mind for me to know Jesus. And she brought me to church and I ended up putting my faith in Jesus Christ in 2006. Right? I got baptized at this church. I started serving in ministry and youth ministry a long time ago, um, serving the students um, and, and just investing in their lives. I came on staff here um, back in 2013 and helped launch the East County campus. I became a pastor at this church. I've gotten the opportunity of 
being a youth pastor, an associate campus pastor, and now a campus pastor over the online campus, building and pioneering the online campus and walking it through an extremely difficult season through COVID. And now we're heading onto our next season, which is that The Rock is sending my family and I out to go plant a church. So we're going to be planting our own church. It's called Revive Church. And we're being sent out by The Rock. And we are so, so excited about what the Lord is doing. Um, just think about that for a second. Like legacy, the word legacy is what you're leaving behind. The mission of The Rock Church is save, equip, and send. And think about that for a moment. I got saved at this church. I've been equipped here and now I'm being sent. So I'm literally a living embodiment of the mission of this church. That's a legacy. And that's something that we can be proud of and we can be really excited about. Now, I don't put myself in the same company of men like Enoch or Abel, but I do know that this is going to be a huge faith journey. It's going to be something that's going to really stretch us and push us. And so uh, that's why we're talking about faith today. And I pray that we can leave a legacy with our church in even a fraction of what the Rock Church has done in San Diego and beyond. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the next father of the faith, which is Noah in verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11. I love this one. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So Noah is just this amazing, amazing man. Like he's building a, a boat, this gigantic boat, in a desert, it had never rained before. Like that's a nice little like tidbit that most people don't know. Like it had never rained before and he's building a gigantic boat that can house two of every single animal on the planet inside this wooden boat that's in the desert. Like you can imagine, it took him 70 to 100 years to build this boat. And you could imagine everybody walking past him and being like, this guy's a fool. What are you doing? Why are you spending just hundred like decades of your life building and building and building and something that's never going to happen. There's not going to be a flood. Look around you. There's like not even a body of water nearby. You, you are a total fool. And here's something I want to say. When you do something for the Lord, sometimes you're going to look like a fool. Like sometimes you're just going to absolutely look ridiculous for doing it, but God is in it and he's pushing you to do it. When it comes to this church plant, like God is God is doing something amazing in and through us and he's pushing us and we see him doing these miraculous things. But then some people will ask us, well, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you leave the Rock Church? Like you have a great job here. You have a great community here. You have a, you have a great support group. Why would you leave? Because God told us to, right? That's the only answer that we have. We have to walk by faith and do what he's calling us to do and not stay complacent and say, well, I'm comfortable here, so I'm gonna stay. I would rather be, be looked at as a fool and go and do what God's called me to do than to stay here and be complacent and be comfortable. What is God calling you to do? I want to ask you that right now. What is God calling you to do that you haven't stepped out in faith yet because you're like, I'm, I'm going to look like a fool. My family members aren't going to understand why I'm stepping out and doing this. You know, I, I, want, to, I want to start a nonprofit to help to help victims of, of sex trafficking. People are going to say, why are you doing that? You have a good job. That's going to take all your time. Why would you do that? Or I want to go back to college. You know, I want to get my degree. Why are you doing that? Because God is telling you to do it. If God's telling you to do it, step out in faith, be bold and do it because he's going to provide for you. Amen? Amen. All right. The next thing I want you to write down, the legacies we leave for God require two things, faith and action. The legacies we 
leave for God require faith and action, right? There's, there's two things we require, faith and action. So let me ask you this. If you, if you really want to get in shape, you want that six pack, that summer bod, right? Do you just have to believe that working out and healthy eating will get you in shape and then, and then it'll just happen, right? I just, I just really need to believe that I have a six pack and then I'll have it. Right? I just need to believe that vegetables are better for me, but I can still eat the brownies and then I'll get a six pack. Like that's not how it works. It requires faith and action. You believe it's true and then you act on it and you do it and you hit the gym and you eat, you, you throw things away that are in your pantry. You get rid of the cinnamon toast crunch, right? You don't buy the Pillsbury dough. You, you end up filling your, your, your fridge with fruits and veggies and you, you get on a regimen. You have to actually do faith and action. You have to believe and then you have to take action and do it. To leave a legacy, you got to do what God's telling you to do. It requires action. But I think sometimes we mix things up and we, we don't like to talk about works because sometimes works get tied in with, with salvation and there's nothing we could do to work to help our salvation, right? Salvation is something that Jesus did the work and we just receive it. Like we just have to believe that's all it takes. But the rest of our Christian walk, the rest of our Christian life after we are justified and secure for salvation requires works. We have to do things. God is requiring us to step out in faith and to work and to do. Faith and action. All right, we're going to jump into verse eight because we're going to talk about Abraham. And Abraham has a really cool story that I feel like kind of parallels what it is that we're going through right now. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. When I, when I first read this message, I, I, I got like this, this passage of scripture, I got chills because I'm like, this, is, this has to be the foundation of the message because one of the crazy things about this church plant is that we're actually planting in Texas, right? I'm actually moving our entire family out to a city called McKinney, Texas, which is north of Dallas, about 40 minutes. And we're gonna go out there and plant the church. And it's, it's really wild. The story is kind of crazy because it's, it's almost like, like, why would, why would God call us there? I grew up in San Diego. I mean, I grew up right here by the Rock Church. Why would I leave and go all the way to Texas to plant a church, right? Does Texas even need a church? I mean, like, isn't there mission work to be done here in San Diego? I mean, there's so many questions you could ask, but God is preparing a church for us in McKinney, Texas and in, in such wild, miraculous ways. I actually want to share a story with you. So I was... I was preparing to give this uh, proposal to the, the Rock Church and I was going to meet with the, the pastors and the elders and Pastor Miles was there and I was sharing my passion and my vision about this church plant, about Revive Church. And I was talking about planting in Collin County, which is the county that McKinney, Texas sits in. And I did a whole demographic study. Here's all the churches that are out there. Here's the age of the people and the, the income level. And you, you kind of, you have to do all that when you're planting a church. And Pastor Miles kind of looked at me a little funny and was like, do you know I'm meeting with the district attorney for Collin County this weekend? I'm like, you are? Why? He said, well, I'm doing a training with their, with their team. I'm meeting with a bunch of prosecuting attorneys for Collin County. So it just so happened that I'm building a church and preparing and planning this church plant for Collin County, Texas. And Pastor Miles is working on a training for the district attorney um, specifically related to race 
with the DA of Collin County at the same exact time. Pastor Miles goes, you should join me. So I jump into the call and I meet getting to know the DA of Collin County and getting to know all these amazing people who live there. It's just showing how God lined these things up perfectly. Another story that happened is there's this man named Jeremy. If you're on the 8 a.m. service, say hi to Jeremy. Jeremy's just this amazing man of God. He lives in Tampa, Florida, and he builds charter schools for a living. Like that's his thing. He works with the city. He gets the loan. He puts the board together and he builds charter schools, like works with the construction and everything. And he built a bunch in Florida and he's been serving on our online campus team. He flies back and forth from San Diego to Florida. We grab coffee. We grab lunch every time he's in town and we become really good friends. And he had a conversation with me about a couple months ago saying, Mike, you know, I'm, I'm super busy. You know, I'm, I've been on chat for a long time and I think I might need to step down for a season. And I'm like, yeah, t- I totally respect that. I understand. I'm like, what do you have going on? He's like, well, I'm going to be building some schools in Texas. And I've kind of laughed like in my own heart. I'm like, God, are you really doing something here? I'm like, where in Texas are you building these schools? And he's like, well, I'm building them in these little cities called Frisco and McKinney. I'm like, no way, Jeremy. I said, I'm planting a church in McKinney in like a few months. And he's like, no way, you've got to be kidding me. He's like, Mike, I have all these schools. You, like, you can use them. He's like, I have five schools we're going to be building over the course of the next eight years. You could put churches in them. They're yours. You can have them. And I'm like, what in the world? Like God is doing such incredible things. And I read this verse in verse eight where Abraham walked and he went to a place where he didn't know because Verse 10, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Isn't that incredible? Like, I can't make this up. I feel like I'm the main character in a movie. And like, my dad would always be like, there's no way that's going to happen, right? Of course that happens to the main character of the movie. I feel that way. Like the Lord has such an intentional hand on what he's doing with this church plant that my mind is blown. And so what I, my encouragement to you all, when God is building it, Like you can't fail. You can't go wrong. When God is in it and he's doing something, step out in faith. I just told you about Noah, how sometimes you have to look like a fool. You have to step out. God will have his way. He will receive the glory. God is building this church. This is his church. It's not my church. Anytime I get stressed out and go, how are we going to, how are we going to do it? Are people even going to show up to our house? Is this like, am I ever going to find, um, you know, a worship person or, or, you know, is, is, is money going to come in? Like, I have no way. I have all these stresses and I go, I have to remember, this is God's church. God's going to take care of his church. And so I want to encourage you, whatever it is God's put on your heart, doesn't matter what it is, God will build it. God will fund it. God will provide for it. God will provide every single need because he's in it. Step out in faith and do what he's called you to do. Verse 11, and this is going to be the last, the last portion, the last, uh, you know, father or mother of the faith in this situation that we're going to be talking about in Hebrews 11, and it's Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. This is incredible because Sarah was this this woman who actually at one point laughed at God because God said, you're going to have a baby. She was like, I don't know, like 90 or something. She was old. And she's like, I'm not having a, I'm not having a baby at this age. You know, when I, and when I say old, I mean like old to have a baby, right? Like you can imagine you're 90 years old and the Lord's like, you're going to have a child and your child is going to, you're like, you're not even listening anymore. You're like, I don't care what my child's going to do. I'm not having a baby. I'm 90 years old. But she believed God by faith 
in what was coming next, right? She believed in the next generation that was going to come and she believed God by faith. When it comes to leaving a legacy, it's not just about what your legacy is. It's actually about who your legacy is. Who are you going to leave your legacy with? And there's always should be a next. There always should be someone coming down the road. There's many people who've invested in my life who are part of this church. I mean, I, I can name out off Pastor Miles. I got saved at this church. He built this church. He's been investing in our lives, right? Pastor Ricky, he married us 12 years ago, my wife and I. He's invested in my life for the last eight years so closely, just, just as a pastor, as a mentor, as a friend. Um, there's, there's Pastor Ronnie. I've known Pastor Ronnie. If you, if you know who Ronnie is and his wife, Teresa, they've, they've been uh, doing ministry here for 20 years. And, and Ronnie's invested in my life all the way back when I was an 18-year-old kid. Um, and, and actually, that's part of the news as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and throw a picture up for you. But Ronnie and Teresa actually live out there in the Texas area, r- like 10 minutes from McKinney. And they're going to be building this church with us as well. So that's like a huge, huge win that's going to be happening as well. But they all invested in my life and said, I see something in Mike. So I'm going to invest my time. I'm going to invest my effort into him because I believe in what's next, right? And in in a similar way, God is going to put you in that position at some point, right? King David was who was next. And if you know the story, King Saul said, no, you're not, and tried to stop it. And the Lord was not pleased with that situation. And guess what? David still was next, right? Whoever's next, bless them love them, give it away. God will see that as a faith act and he will bless you for it, right? So, so who, who's coming up next behind me in the online campus is Pastor Vince, Pastor Vince Freeman. He's an amazing man of God. I mean, I, I literally remember the Lord telling me he's gonna be next. He's gonna step into your shoes with the online campus and he's gonna do a way better job than you ever did. And I'm like, thanks Lord, appreciate it, you know, for the affirmation. But Vince is amazing and he's going to be stepping into this role. And I just hope that he just feels so blessed and so encouraged in this next season. Online campus, I know I'm speaking to you right now. Pastor Vince is going to be an amazing pastor to take this this campus to the next level. But investing in in the next generation is such an important part of leaving a legacy. Because some legacies only take 10 years to accomplish. Right? The, the legacy Jesus left, he was in his ministry for three years and he accomplished it. Some take 20 years, some take centuries. You have to invest in the next generation in order to see an eternal, um, internal thing happen. The last point here is it's only a legacy if God gets the glory. It's only a legacy for God if he gets the glory. If you're, if you're in a legacy because you want power, you want fame, you want money, it may be a legacy, but God doesn't want it. He's like, my hands are off of it. I don't want anything to do with it. God wants to leave a legacy that's going to actually bless his kingdom and bless his people. He doesn't want to see you become powerful and mighty and famous and rich, right? God wants you to bless others and give it away. That's what, that's what kingdom ministry looks like. That's what a legacy looks like that God wants a part of. He wants, to, he wants to invest in a legacy that's going to bless the next generation. So here's my prayer for you. My prayer is that you're going you're gonna to really find out what God has called you to do, purposed you to do, right? You're going you're gonna to pray and ask the Lord, where are, where's the city that you're building that I can just step into because you're going to build this ministry. You're going to build whatever it is that, I, that, that I'm 
called to do and step into. And that you're going to leave an eternal legacy and you're going to take your hands off of all the glory and say, God, it's yours. That's the goal, right? Build, 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 work, work, work. Say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help to build this thing. And then you say, all glory to God because God is the one who stepped in and did it. But it's going to take you walking by faith. It's going to take you walking by faith. The last couple verses here, just to kind of sum up this little chunk right here, talks, it kind of summarizes all these people that we just talked about, Enoch and Abel and Noah and Abraham and Sarah. It says in verse 13, these all died in faith. I hope the Lord says that about me one day, died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they'd come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now, check this out, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Oh man, God has prepared, God has prepared a city for you. God has prepared a place for you. Don't worry about the land that you're trying to cultivate here on earth. God has a country, a city prepared for you in heaven. And we just need to be like willing to believe in Jesus and walk in it. Right? The truth of the gospel is that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, we've sinned. We, we have this stain on us. And the unfortunate part of that stain is that the penalty of sin is death. We all deserve death. But Jesus says this, if we believe in him, we shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Like that's where the faith comes in. Jesus is saying, just believe in me. If you put your faith in me, I'll save you. I'll protect you. You don't have to die. You don't have to go to hell. I'm going to pull you out and I'm going to save you by my own hand. You're going to be covered by my blood. This is, this is like such good news. And we don't have to worry about whatever it is, the legacy that we're trying to leave here on earth and worry about our kids and our grandkids. We, we can actually be, be hopeful like these, these prophets were. Be hopeful for what's next, which is eternity. God has something for you that's so much greater than this earth can ever provide. Some of you are living in pain and you're, you're living in, in sorrow. God has something for you that is so beautiful, that's eternal, and we need to hold on to that. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ today. All you have to do is believe in Jesus that he's going to save you. Believe in Jesus that he will save you from eternal death and you shall be saved. So I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Father God, thank you so much for your truth. God, we know that we are all sinners on a path to destruction, God, but, but you, but God, but Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. If you believe that today, I just want you to confess in your heart and just say, Lord, I believe in you. Say that right now. You can say it out loud if you're behind your laptop or with your family. Just say, I believe in you right now. And if you made that declaration, I want you to say a prayer like this in the privacy of your heart. Just say, dear Lord, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that I deserve death because of my sin. But God, I believe you died for me. 
God, I believe that your son Jesus will save me from eternal death. I put my faith in you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you just prayed that prayer in the privacy of your heart right now, just go ahead and text the word SAVED to 52525. Let everybody know in the chat. We are celebrating with you. God bless you. I can't wait to see what God starts doing through your lives, right? Like those of you who just put your faith in Jesus, God's going to do something incredible, right? If, if, if you have already put your faith in Jesus a long time ago, but you're going to put your faith in the purpose that God created you for so you could leave an eternal legacy, your mind's going to be blown. God's going to do incredible things. So God bless you, Rock Church. Can't wait to see you soon. Um, and we'll talk to you later. Right now, what I'm going to do next, I'm going to invite up um, Ricky and Nova, and they're going to come up here and they're going to share with us uh, the offering. Welcome, Pastor Ricky, Pastor Nova. How are we doing? Hey, church family. Uh, I'm Ricky. And I'm Nova. <laughs> and we've served here a long time for many years. And we've seen... Uh, young people that we've been able to invest in, go off and do great things. But this Sunday in particular is a very exciting Sunday for us as we're, as what you just heard is, is Mike and Brianna and their families headed out to Texas. This is really a revolutionary Sunday because it's the very first church plant ever in the history of the Rock Church. We're 21 years old uh, and we are, we are moving into this place of church expansion. We're growing and we're going all over the place. And what you just heard Mike say is that, that this, this idea of legacy lives with faith and you have to actually first step out in faith and then whatever it is that God's purposed you to do, if you fulfill that, then you are actually leaving the legacy that he has designed for you. And, and I, I also, he made reference to if you store up for yourself all these things and you pass them on to your kid, those, those are great. You're giving money to your children when you move on or a home or a car or whatever. But as Jesus spoke in his very first sermon in Matthew 6, he says those things, that they'll, they'll, they come and go. They rust and thieves can steal them. But what you heard Mike talk about is this legacy that lives forever and ever and ever. And that's when you finally fulfill what God's called you to do, the purpose that he has for you. And he's purposed something great for you. And then you walk in that and your legacy lives forever. And I want to encourage you, it starts with giving. I mean, giving your time, your talent. And specifically, I'm going to just ask you to consider giving your, your treasure. And that's investing. Uh, those of you that have invested in this church plant, if you've invested in, if you've sowed seeds into this church, then you have invested in this. And you can say, wherever you are and however much you've invested, you can say, we are planting a church in Texas. That's awesome. So thank you for participating in that. And it's super easy. All you do is, is text GIVE to 52525 and then just follow the prompt. And we, we hope that you're already doing that. If you're doing it, we do it automatically. It just comes out. And, um, and so I'm going to pray. And then, um, and then Nova is going to speak a little bit about this family and pray over them as we send them off to... Texas, y'all. Lord, thank you for all that we have and uh, our time, our talent, our treasures, all a gift, and we don't take any of it for granted. And we pray now as uh, we consider sowing seeds that will grow into things like this church plant and other things that you're up to, God, kingdom building, and we expand your kingdom. We pray you bless not just the gift, but the giver. Mm -hmm. And we love you and pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Well, we want to invite uh, Brianna and the kids to come up on stage. Hey, Elijah. Hey, Avery. Jack, Jack. 
Well, what a gift and a privilege it has been to walk alongside of you guys since, goodness, since you were dating and then we did premarital and um, we did the wedding and then we saw, did ministry together as you were our youth pastor when we opened East County, like you shared, Pastor Mike. And I've seen these kiddos out the womb. I think all of them, our girls grew up together. And I just want to say, first of all, thank you for the word that you uh, shared with our church. Um, God has really given you a gift, Mike. And I love that you love God's word and that you love to expound on it. So thank you. Thank you for being faithful with that and really being a studier. Mm. I just want to tell you too, Brianna, you have an incredible gift. Look at you, a teacher to your children. You're an incredible leader. And I want to say to both of you, I've watched them both be such servant leaders. I know that you've ministered to me personally when we were in East County with our baby girl and you would just say, yes, for me, I'll help. So I believe that God is going to continue to use those gifts um, as you go to McKinney and you serve God and bless the people in McKinney. And uh, goodness, I'm going to miss you, Miss Avery girl. I know God has, yeah, I know God has good things in store for you. And so uh, we want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that um, that God would continue to open doors and, and move things and shift things for your family in the way that he would have. But um, I just want to look into all of your eyes and tell you that as the Rock Church, but also as the Page family, partnering with you is such a gift and we're going to be praying for you consistently. And this isn't goodbye, see you later. This is, man, what a beautiful way that we get to continue to see the kingdom of God expand in and through your family. Yeah. So Jesus, we, we love you. Father, we adore you and Holy Spirit. We just rely on you and we thank you for the Humphrey family. Thank you for the gifts and the talents and that God, they, they have so many treasures in their hearts <laughs> that they will give to you and the people of McKinney. God, I pray that you continue to expand their reach, continue to move in the small ways that you do, God, that you would give them eyes to see that, that you would bring friends for these beautiful kids, for Avery, for Elijah, for Jack-Jack. Uh, God, I thank you for the leadership that this family has the hearts of servants. And Father, we just say blessing over them. And we are so grateful to you because this was your idea. And so you get all the glory, God. We are just partnering with you and moving with you and saying yes to you. And so God, we, uh, we say today, this family is yours. They belong to you and you love them. And we thank you for the plan that you've shown and for the things that we do not know, but we say we trust you and we love you and you have been so faithful and good. And so today we just sit in gratitude and we, uh, we love you. We love this family, Lord. In Jesus' name, we bless them. May you look right at them in their eyes and give them peace. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. And I want to encourage you, if God's stirring in your heart, whether you're here in San Diego or you're all the way across in Africa, we know we have some friends in Africa and all over the world, step into what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Take faith, take a, a chance with faith, and, and God will bless you like he's blessing this family and going before them. God bless you. And
We'll see you later. You want to wave? Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye.